<clears throat> Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Rick dropping in on you. This is a special uh, episode broadcast that I've decided to do because I've talked to a number of people over the last few weeks, and it is evident that there are a lot of people who are going through some changes in life. And and uh, me being in the field of mental health and human behavior, I am looking at numbers in the way of depression and suicidal ideation and suicide attempts and suicide, and they're spiking. And no one seems to have the answers. And there are so many different approaches uh, to something like this, but I want to take a personal approach. I want to invite you inside my life just for a brief moment to share something with you so that you can get insight into what it's like to move through this life, no matter who you are, no matter where you're at, no matter how you're viewed, no matter where you come from, you don't escape, you don't escape the throes of life. You don't circumvent the vicissitudes and changes that are inevitable. You do have the ability to make decisions that can some way mitigate and tame the turbulence that life seems to present at certain times, but you're going to experience loss. It's inevitable. You're going to experience pain. It's inevitable. You're going to experience difficulty, delay, frustrations, heartache. You're going to find yourself fighting for people who are not ready to fight for themselves. You're gonna find yourself loving on people who are incapable of loving uh, themselves. You're gonna find yourself um, getting enthralled in the throes of what goes on in the community and, 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 and so many other things. Uh, you're gonna have breakups. You're gonna have uh, disappointments. You're gonna have situations with your finances. You're gonna have uh, all different types of things are going to happen to you in this life. It's just what it is. But you have a responsibility of gaining some traction and stability in the midst of these turbulent times and these storms. Um, and and so what I wanted to do with you is I just wanted to kind of share a time with you that almost broke me. Um, and it kind of is too pronged because the biggest part of it happened 13, well, somewhere 13, start 13, 14 years ago. And it culminated in a skip. I went through this part where I made it and it seems like things were going, everything's going great. And then last year, all hell broke out. But I want you to see this not as me complaining because you don't hear me talking about it a lot. Uh, I don't use it as a crutch. I don't seek sympathy. Uh, but what I do want people to see is a transparency. And on the other side of what you see me talking about, I do or what appears as all of these accomplishments and things like that is a human being without, that's, that, that's fallible, a human being that's capable of uh, making error, a human being that hurts, a human being that feels deeply, but most importantly, a human being that does care and does love and wants to give so much to this world. But, but the more you care, the more you love, the easier it is for you to feel pain and frustration and disappointment. And so I want to share that with you real briefly. There's a, a little information in the description box. It's for people who actually want to see some change or feel like they need help and want to work with me. Choose one of them. 
I'm, I'm done with that because I really want to talk with you. Choose one. I hope that if you need me, you, you'll reach out to me. But look, I've had this life that and the way I choose to live my life really allows me to appreciate my life because I don't dwell on the bad. So I have this tendency of viewing my life through all the wonderful and beautiful things I've experienced and processing and leaving behind the things that hurt me, uh, the things that push me back and set me back. It doesn't mean that I don't acknowledge it. It means that I don't want to give it weight in my life so that it becomes a part of the factor that influences my moods, my attitudes, my desires, my fervor. I understand that I've been through some things, but I've been through them. I made it through. So I don't talk about it a lot, but I think sometimes it's important to share with people some of the things you've been through so that you know, so that they know that it, life wasn't, you know, the, 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 the thing, my, my uh, one of the poems my daughter used to love to recite is life ain't no crystal stair. And it's not, it hasn't been for me. Uh, it's been, uh, obstacles, challenges, disappointments, frustrations, rewards, accolades, accomplishments, and cycle it back. It, 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 it simply has. But because I choose to see life through the blessings in it, through the people I love in it, uh, and I choose to give people, people permission to be human because I am, it, it it lessens the weight of the pain that 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 I could feel, but it doesn't exempt me from it. So, real brief before we get to 13, 14 years ago, I was born to a 15 year old mother. Uh, my father was 21 years old. Never met him. He died when I was 14. First time I ever saw him was in a casket at his wake. Uh, a lot goes into who I am today based off of that experience alone. But my mom wasn't capable of being a mom at 15. So her grandparents, my grandmother's parents, um, adopted me and reared me. So I had a man and a woman in a home, uh, very old fashioned, old rules. My, grand my great grandfather was born in 1909. So I was reared under real old fashioned, very strict, very structured, uh, but love in the way that they knew how to give it. But there was still some emptiness. There was still some yearning. There was still some some answers. I realized I had made it into my 30s and hadn't dealt with uh, the unresolved issues with my father. Uh, I realized when I started writing my first book, The Invisible Father, Reversing the Curse of a Fatherless Generation, that a lot of the accomplishments and accolades that I had achieved to that point was me trying to prove to a dead man that I was worthy of his time and his love. It, it, it woke me and that book was cathartic because it allowed me to set that down, uh, to, 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 to put it down, the hurt, the anger the frustration to, to, to say, okay, it happened. There's nothing I can do about it. I can't change it. What can I use it to do in my life? And I decided that I was going to try to help as many people navigate that path. And that's why I'm so passionate about the young boys I, uh, I work with and the programs I create 
to help socialize young black males. But moving on, um, 25 years old, that man that taught me all that I know about the basics and the foundational principles of manhood. My great grandfather, C.D. Wallace, passed away at the age of three, 83 after a five year uh, battle with leukemia and a 43 year marriage to my grandmother. They set the stage for my respect and adoration for the covenant of marriage. Uh, I haven't fared as well, uh, but I haven't given up. But that 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 losing him, I, I tell people all the time. I love my great grandmother. She passed away in 2010. He passed away in Thanksgiving of 1992. So it's been 30 years, and it shook me. It shook me in ways that I still feel the vibrations of what happened. Um, and I can't explain it. I love my grandmother. I miss her, but losing that man messed me up. Uh, it left me here in many ways, taking on a role and responsibility that uh, of filling his shoes. Uh, and I now accept the honor, but it was huge in the beginning. I did well. Uh, I, I've accomplished a lot of things. My thirties were off the chain. Um, good, you know, some, some awesome, great things, some stupid stuff, but, um, it was great. Um, I got full of myself, um, to the point of even being arrogant. I wasn't arrogant in the sense of being condescending. I, people like to be around me. I, I was fun, but I was arrogant in the sense that I didn't think I could make a mistake. I didn't think that I could fall. I thought that, you know, where I was guaranteed my positioning and I found out I was wrong and I lost everything I had worked so hard to build. And here we are. Now, based on circumstances and situations, I'm in a different city than the one I grew up in. Now I've moved around. So, uh, you know, living in different places isn't odd to me, but I'm in a city where I'm not native. The people I know, there are people I've met during the time I'm there. We don't have long-standing relationships. I don't know how deeply I can trust them. But what I found out is people will quickly turn on you and judge you based on your circumstances. I was going through some things. I had lost everything. I mean, I was in a real bad place. And that was a point in time. I remember talking to a therapist. Yes. Therapists should definitely have therapists. Absolutely. But I remember talking to therapists and I said, my biggest fear is that I'm going to lose my mind, that I'm going to wake up one day and I won't even know who I am. I won't know that I've lost my mind because I won't even know who I am. And, and that was my thing. And my prayer to God at that moment wasn't take me out of this you got to get me out of this. You got to fix this. It wasn't any of those things. Because I had that conversation with God when my grandfather passed years earlier. And my response, my, my thing was I wanted him to change the situation and in, 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 in God's response to that. And if you've never had that spiritual 
connected interaction with God, you can't understand what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about an audible conversation. I'm talking about being so pure in your intent to connect with God that you can speak to God spiritually. No words being shared, but it's clearer than any audible speech or conversation you've ever had. When you can get to that place, you can resolve a bunch of the things that are going on in your life, but you've got to be willing to work and trust and, and, and clear out so much of that damage that's back there. But I had went through it with God. And I'm, I remember laying on my bed on my back, just demanding God, quoting all kinds of scriptures, trying to get this thing of my grandfather being sick and dying off the pallet, you know. And God's response to me then was, no, I, I, I won't take you out of it. I won't bring you, uh, deliver you out of it, but I will bring you through it. I didn't want that. I, so I went back and I, again, I'm demanding, you know, bring me out of this. You know, I'm applying faith to it, but faith doesn't eliminate process. And so here I am and I'm, 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 I'm trying to find myself. And, and then I tell him, bring him out and God responds again. No, I will not bring you out, but I will bring you through it. Then God followed up with this. You, like so many others, are far too caught up in your desire for comfort. The problem is I can't build character in comfort. Character is best developed in adversity. And so I remember that conversation. So when I got to this point, when I'm in this new place, uh, I was in Dallas and I remember praying to God and it wasn't to deliver me. I had understood that there's some things you simply have to go to, definitely when there are consequences of your own choices. So we don't like to look at that part. We don't like to look and say, if I wouldn't have, or if I would have, or I should have, then maybe we don't we 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 automatically sink into victimhood but i refuse to sink into victimhood but i had a big hurdle in front of me and so my prayer to god wasn't to deliver me from it my prayer to god was real simple don't allow me to lose my mind wake me up and i'll answer the bell that was it don't let me die in this don't let me lose my mind you've built me for this i'm coming out now, on the surface, it's okay. Well, how did you get to this point? It's when I got to the point where I almost quit, when I looked at it and everything I had was gone, everything I hung my hat on that made me feel like me was gone, and I was left with nothing but who I was. It was a point of self discovery. I realized that it wasn't the cars I drove that made me valuable. It wasn't the house I lived in that made me valuable. It wasn't the degrees that made me valuable. It was the purpose that God implanted in me that made me valuable to this world, valuable to my family, value to people who I haven't even met yet. And I decided that I was going to live in that purpose, live in that value. And you hear me say all the time that the first half of my life was about me. The second half was about my is about my legacy. That's where the turning point was when I realized that my legacy was to touch somebody, to help somebody, to bring somebody to a point 
of healing, but I don't do it from a platform of perfection. I don't do it from this idea that you need to get like me. I, nothing shakes me. Now I'll, I'll sit up in any moment and say it. I'm not, I'm not folding, but it doesn't mean that the ground underneath me isn't vibrating. It's just that I refuse to quit. Let me tell you why. There's a passage in the book of Hebrews that leads into the passage that everybody quotes in chapter 11, verse one, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But there's, a, there's an entire ending passage to the 10th chapter that shakes my very mantra, which is no surrender, no retreat. If you talk to anybody who's ever heard me speak and or you, you, you go watch me speak at a place I've spoken at before and I've started to approach the podium or they're about to hand me the mic and people will be screaming, no surrender, no retreat, because it's my mantra. It's the thing. It's when I don't have anything else to yell, I'm yelling, no surrender, no retreat. I'm not giving up and I'm not turning back. I'm going to stay here and fight until I fall. And here's where it came from, though. When I'm sitting up and I'm about to quit, I'm reminded of something that shook me. See, in 10, it says, it goes through and it talks about all the things that these people have been through and, and the system and everything. But it gets to verse 35 and, and it says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward for you need, you're in need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. But it's a... You, 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 you're, in, you're in need of confidence and you are in a place where you are going to have to exercise endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. When you have gone through the process, you will, you will receive the promise. There is no uh, obtaining of, or, 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 or experiencing the promise or the prize without first enduring the process. Nobody wants the process. It hurts. Nobody wants to feel vulnerable. Nobody wants to feel like they're shaken to the core. Nobody wants to be betrayed. But even Christ had to experience it. So then it goes on and it says, for yet in a little while, in a very little while, who is he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Oh, but here, come, here it comes right here. Now, we talk about faith in chapter 11, verse 1, but check it out. This is 1038. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure. But the righteous shall live by faith. And he who turns back, the older version, my soul has no pleasure in him. Then he doesn't stop there, though. He says, but we are not among those who turn back, shrink back, surrender. Back to utter destruction. We, we are not of those. We are those who exercise faith into the saving of the soul. We execute the process until we receive the promise. The things that I am able to look back on my life and say, look, you, you're blessed. You, you've, you've done some things. You've created a legacy. Uh, the, the 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 authorship of 26 books, thousands of academic articles, tens of thousands of prose articles, businesses. But the most important things to me are the people who I spoke into their lives 
and they believed in themselves. I'll give up the books, the degrees, just me proving I could do it. My genius was given to me by God. I, I, I just did it, but don't take away the lives I touched. Don't remove the person who came to me, what, just a few months ago on social media and told me that six years ago, she lost her husband of 28 years. And that's going to be a, a pattern and a theme here. I want you to pay attention to how God designed this thing to work because inside of my story is the enigma I mean, the epiphany, you seek to understand where you're at and what you're going through. She said, six years ago, I lost my husband of 28 years. And I didn't know what to do. It was all I knew. He was my sense of identity. And I was about to give up. I was about to just let it all go. I didn't want to be here anymore. And then I came across one of your videos and I got hooked and I, I would listen and I started to believe in myself again. I started to understand that despite losing a great person in my life, that I still had my life to live. And she says, a year ago, I met another man. He isn't the replacement of the first one. He is a new opportunity. And we now we are married and I see so much in our future. Thank you. Then the person that came along and said two years ago, I was a going, I was going to commit suicide. And I came across your video. And something in what you said, it was almost as if you were speaking directly to me but you showed me i had a reason to live thank you i have a colleague now that i work with dr sherry tomlin who came to me and said doc for years i listened to you and you inspired me to take my nursing career uh to a higher level and she got her doctorate in nursing in the field of psychology and now she has her own practice. And the last I talked to her, she was in West Africa doing work. It's lives like that. It's the person I pass on the corner standing there asking for help. And instead of just handing it to him, I get out and I touch him. The reason I touch him is because I've been there. The reason I touch him is because I want him to know I see him. The most unseen people in this world are homeless. We pretend they're not there. We pretend that it's not an issue so that we can be comfortable living our lives. I wasn't gonna do that, I don't do that. I touch them, I talk to them, I listen to them. They have stories. They have stories. They're people. Then I get through it. 
I launch my, my company again, but this time I do it on the internet. I did unbelievable. I started with Zap Zero. I want to say $2.37 in my pocket. And the only thing left from what I had was diamond studded earrings. They were about 1.7 carats a piece. Again, like I said, first half of my life. But anyway, I sold them, bought a laptop, got me a room. I had moved up there to be with someone. We broke up. So I got me a room and I'm sitting there. And I start building. I started writing for companies, picked up a company in Australia, did did stuff, uh, did uh, product descriptions for them. Got another company that saw that work, First Choice Lighting in the UK, did all their product descriptions. That project lasted over a year. Um, and it, and it, it, it showed me that I was on the right track. And my goal was to get to what I was passionate about. And that was working with people, but I needed to build a presence and I needed to eat in the, in the process. And so I did that. Met this wonderful woman, got married, spent seven years with her. And last year, uh, that ended. And people ask me, well, that's seven years. Do you regret it? Not one day. I got to love hard and I'm going to hold on to that and I'm going to move forward. But that, that wasn't it. The first blow was finding out that my marriage was ending, then having it end in October, then several weeks later, later losing a younger brother. And there's so much complexity with that because again, that falls and takes me right back to the father I never knew. And so I'm dealing with that. And then at the end of the year, I lose a friend, 40, 47, 48 blood clots after surgery. Um, I came into this year having to take two, two weeks for a mental health break. Now, I have a mental health day every Tuesday, and every uh, first week of every quarter is going to be a mental health break because I didn't realize how much I was carrying. My life isn't great because I've done a whole bunch of awesome things and skated through life and I've got the magic answer and quotient or equation for success and nothing ever goes wrong in my life. And I'm the ideal epitome of all that's right. No, my life is great because despite everything that's going on in it, I'm still standing. Despite a 15 year old mother that I've never had a maternal relationship with. Oh, we've been close. I love her to death, but she was always more like a big sister. To not knowing my father, to always wondering why he didn't love me the way he loved his my siblings and struggling with that, to having to reconcile it and actually find a place in my heart to love him in a very unique way because it's different, but just 
sitting there and determining that life wasn't going to take me out, that I wasn't going to quit. No surrender, no retreat. You know, it's easy to sit up here and roll around and talk about what you're doing and, you know, how well you're doing and and lord it over people or make people feel like, man, if you to listen to me, you have this. You, the thing is, I don't predict and I cannot predict what circumstances arrive at my doorstep tomorrow morning. But what I can predict is that no matter what it is, it won't break me. I won't quit. I won't fold. I won't turn around. No surrender. No retreat. It's not about ease. This journey is not about ease. It's about persistence. When people talk to me, they talk about the degrees. They talk about the books. They talk about the companies. They talk about the money. And I say, when I started, I didn't have any of that. So none of that is required. That's the result of what's required. What's required is this, a faith in yourself, a faith in your creator, a faith in your design. And this is one of the places we fail. We fail in fulfilling the design. See, you have a design. God is the creator. God is the designer. God placed inside of you a gift. The writer in Proverbs says that your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. The problem is we tend to crush gifts when we are trying to condition our children to follow suit and align with the status quo. But see, God didn't design you to operate within the status quo. You are a design from an ultimate designer, the most powerful, the most knowing, and the most perfect. And there is no design that is fallible. We, we have corrupted the design, attempting to circumvent the natural process through which we're supposed to operate. We are breaking down ourselves and living less than we have to. But that is inside of you, no matter how long it's laid dormant, no matter how many times you've mishandled it, no matter how many times you've misused it, there's something on the inside of you that God planted there that if you awaken it, will shake the world. You weren't meant to be mediocre. You weren't meant to be average. You weren't meant to sit up and move around the world and, 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 and just exist and survive. There's something on the inside of you. That's something in that dark story that you don't want to tell anybody. That is the light that will illuminate your path and that will change the lives of other people. You're not here for yourself. Your, your, your design is a reflection of God. That means your purpose in the life you live should be a reflection of God. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about how many times you can say God is good. I'm talking about can people look in your life and say it's got to be something other than just being human. There's something supernatural going on in this person's life. There's something extraordinary and phenomenal happening in this person's life. Whatever, whatever you got, I want some of it. That's how you evangelize. If you want to talk about evangelizing God, whatever way you see God, not here to tell you that. I ain't got time to tell 
relationship. You better have a personal relationship. See, when I'm dealing with God, I don't have to walk up and say I'm a Christian. I don't have to walk up and say I, I'm, I'm practicing this. I'm spiritual today. Now. I, I just have to walk up and be able to connect and express my natural divine nature because I'm talking to the creator. I'm an extension of God sit here to do some work. I don't have to identify in any one area to touch that. But I ain't mad about how you do it. But what you better have is a relationship that you can connect because that revelation, and see, that's what prayer is about. Most people misuse prayer. I, I often ask when people come to me, and so that you know, I have dual doctorates. The PhD is in theology. The psych is self-explanatory psychology. So when people come to me and they're talking to me about what's going on with them, and I know that they have a spiritual basis, a foundation, regardless of the origin. I'm first thing I'm gonna ask is how's your prayer life? And they they'll say, Well, it's good. How often do you pray? Well, I I normally pray in the morning, I normally pray at night. Okay. How does your prayers go? I'm getting somewhere, but I don't want to know. I don't want them to know where I'm going. So eventually we get that. So tell me, how do you start your prayers and, and how you get to their prayers? And they'll tell me, well, I start like this and I say this and I say this and I say this. And then I tell God this and then I ask God that and then I do. And I'm saying, OK, so we're 30 minutes into the prayer. You haven't yet stopped talking. When are you listening? Tell me any relationship that any of you have been in and it's been a good thriving relationship and all you do is talk. All the other person do is talk and you just sit there. It's about communication. It's about actually letting the person who knows the most talk the most. Any situation is about letting the person who knows the most talk the most or informing the person about the things that you they don't know so that they can give you their informed uh opinion god doesn't have to be informed a big part of that is you just venting because god doesn't have to be informed how about first of all and foremost using prayer is just the time to be in the presence of divinity just in the presence if if you've ever been around someone who really loves you and you know they love you you ever had that moment where you're just with them and nothing is being said and you just feel at peace? Try that with God. But also open up your heart to hear because the revelation of prayer is what power comes in. Prayer is about revelation. Prayer is about gaining understanding, getting direction, having things open up and clarified because everything you need to cert to to, to 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 traverse anything that you're going through god already put it in so you just need to have a clarity of what to do and how to do it and so i i wanted to share with you this part of me because I know that life gets hard. I know that 
you can easily find yourself in in a dark place that you can't seem to escape and you can fool around and you look like all of a sudden there's this cascade of nothing but bad things happening and you start to ask what next and then you look up and here it comes and you, you just sit there and you don't know what to do and you can become overwhelmed but i want to let you know that you're built for the battle and and I, I can remember and I and I, I remember clearly I'm like, I don't know how much more of this I can take. And then I kept going back to Hebrews 10 says, for you have need of endurance. Your endurance has great reward. You, you know, you need to exercise faith. But the part that always got me is. My soul finds no pleasure in those who draw back. My soul finds no pleasure in those. That part shook me. Then he followed. He says, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition. Perdition is the utter destruction. We are not those who draw back to perdition or utter destruction. But of those who continue on. Fulfilling the will of God in our lives, our purposes, our destinies. Until the saving of the soul, the receiving of the promise. The things we want to experience in life that we believe announces our arrival are the culmination of us fulfilling our process and walking in our purpose. Last year was hard. 2012 was harder. But what I'll tell you is I'm still standing. And according to the feedback that I get from those who I come in contact with, either in person, in writing, people write me all the time seeking uh, insight uh, from my clients uh, and, and on and on uh, subscribers from from what I get in that feedback I'm touching lives all that matters to me like I said you can have the accolades if when I'm gone there is someone who's going to say that man helped me, that man saved my life, that man inspired me. I've created the legacy that I set out to create. Everything else is gravy. So as I close this uh, little segment down, I wanna encourage you. You're going through something right now. And many times it doesn't even make sense. You're asking yourself why. You're overwhelmed. The people that you want to turn to need to understand what you're going through and how it's making you feel. Sometimes you feel alone and, 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 and destitute. I want to encourage you that if you're still breathing, you're still in the fight, God isn't done. 
you're not done. You're built for the battle. Stand up, square your shoulders and believe that on the other side of that wall of fear, on the other side of the wall of pain, on the other side of the wall of frustration and betrayal, setbacks, delay, is the reward, the promise, the elevation that you so desperately seek. When I'm asked about how I've gotten here, I tell people all the time, it's none of the things you think it is. None of those things existed when I started. My one word is relentless. No surrender, no retreat. That's my challenge. Stand up, go make it happen. Go get it. It's out there. Again, if anybody wants to work with me, there's are some short term uh, op options in the in the description box, some mid term. And if you want to work with me for over a year, just email. Uh, we'll talk about that because that definitely requires a major sacrifice. But uh, no matter what, hold your head up. Know that God placed you here for something other than just existing that he placed you here for more than just being uh, in, in survival mode 24 seven. The answer isn't always easy to, to locate, but it's always on the way. You have access to the mind of God. Therefore, there's never a time or a thing or a situation that you can't get through. On that note, I'm out of here. Uh, as I always say, I live my life on full so that when I leave this place, I die on E. Uh, I encourage you, embrace your journey. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't trade anything uh, because it made me who I am. Um, I will continue to choose to fight and love on people. Uh, fight for people, excuse me, and love on people. Um, my goal is to, again, at some point, enter into the uh, bond uh, of marriage. I don't know when that'll be. Uh, it's not something that I'm actively uh, pursuing at the time, but I will continue to be the best that I can. Um, and I'll continue to love hard and I'll continue to, uh, expect the most out of life. And it's not because every day is exactly how I want it to be. It's because I'm going to answer the bell. Remember that promise I told you about early in the video? I, I just told God, don't let me go crazy. Don't let me die. If you wake me up, I'll answer the bell. I've been doing that for years since I made that promise and I'm still going answer the bell. On that note, I'm out of here. You guys have an unbelievable remainder of your day.